All right. Clock. Stopwatch. Ready? Uh, whoops. I forgot what you've been up to. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what do people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Why are you, why are you getting the... Why? There's my earbuds. Oh. Didn't I find these in the last episode? Probably. I pulled them out of my pocket and I set them here and I've been wondering where they were all week. <laughs> uh, you should check out our... I don't remember what I said last week. I never I can remember. Instagram and take a picture of what I just did. Okay. <laughs> check out our Instagram. I'm going to upload a picture right now as we speak and as we record. Uh, this is going to go great. Yep. And we... it's not even <laughs> worth it. Definitely not. Yeah, but no, we occasionally... The fucking noise I just made is the noise that's on that picture, so... Exactly. Uh, fucking imagine that when you look at it. Yep. We occasionally <laughs> post pictures on Instagram, usually of uh, sort of pop culture relevant stuff. If I'm watching a movie, I always... Don't always, but I, I sometimes take a picture and give people points if they guess. What points? Points to what? You should make a... I should. You should make a reward I should make system. an oh! reward system. Before we get any further, uh-huh. now that I'm thinking about this, this is actually kind of good because it's right before what you've been up to, so it's a good mm-hmm. kind of announcement. So, I had the worst idea I've had in my life. It's a great idea. It's the worst idea I've had in my <laughs> life. So, I had the idea, Matt and I will do a 12-hour episode. Uh, so, that's just like kind of the, the initial idea. I think what we might do is end up doing like a charity stream but not really a charity stream because we don't do streams because streams can be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but something like a 12 hour episode mm-hmm. that is just us talking for 12 hours. Yeah. Um, it can be like, it'll, it'll be less structured. Uh, we will also have guests on. I've talked to some of my friends, um, to they'll, they'll kind of come in for an hour and then leave Yep. just to give some like variety to it. Right. Uh, cause if you were to just listen to us, riff for 12 hours you would be oh you would blow your fucking brains out in the first two hours yeah and that's usually that's the longest uh, episodes (laughs) i've ever gone so i'm surprised you guys are still alive Uh, maybe Um, that explains why we don't have many listeners (laughs) (laughs) off themselves immediately man Uh, our normal like gauge uh mark and dan are some tough cookies yeah i think also i don't know how often they listen but i think because like hal listened at one point my friend hal Mm -hmm. uh kaylin listens listened listens okay i don't know kaylin if you're still listening fucking put a comment and just say yeah or tell me to fuck off something (laughs) it's just kind of a sign of life at this point um but no so the the way that we are going to uh kind of the conditions to be met before we actually do a 12-hour episode is the following you will have to so basically we we're just trying to get more listeners at this point. Yep. Um tell one of your friends to listen to an episode. Find an episode that your friend that you think your friend would be most interested in. Don't fucking don't tell your not like comic person who gives zero shits about comic books to listen to the image comics episode that's next week. Right. Like they're not going to give two shits. Nope. Maybe tell someone who really likes horror movies or is interested in the Blumhouse thing to listen to the Blumhouse episode, mm-hmm. find an episode that you think your friend would be interested in and then tell them to listen to it. Comment on whatever episode is like latest or whatever. Comment at some point that you're telling a friend to listen to this specific episode. And then your friend will c- tell your friend to comment on that episode. Just, kind of show us that it's actually happening don't just be like oh i told my friend to listen to it and they did so you can fucking make us honestly no one wants to listen to us talk for 12 hours i feel like the best way to get people to do things is to make us suffer exactly talking for 12 hours is going to be fucking miserable it's gonna be really i'm painful. gonna be drunk for eight hours of it. <laughs> i can guarantee it but yeah so if we can get four four of those things where you tell us what episode someone's gonna watch and then they go and listen to that episode and comment on it if we get four of those, we will do a 12-hour episode. Yep. It's the worst idea I've had in my life. It'll be for charity. I'll find a way we can make it for charity. That's my mission. Because there's Extra Life, which is a video game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of pop culture-y. Uh, but it's a stream thing. Okay. So I don't want to stream because no. it's just there, – there's less – we need more people to be able to stream so that people can go to the bathroom and not make it awkward. Right. So it's going to be a it's going to be a recorded podcast, a pre-recorded thing, but it's gonna be twelve hours, and we're going to 
make some sort of charity thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can figure out what that is. If you guys have any ideas, like maybe every time I go off on CW, it's like I'll donate $10, which like I'm totally fine with. If mm-hmm. it's for charity, I'll be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like you can set conditions and we'll tally it up and we'll donate whatever we have to charity. We're broke as fucking college students. Right. But oh, well, I'm a broke as fuck college student. I don't know what words I'm saying. Broke as fuck college mm-hmm, student. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a broke as fuck recently graduated from college. Exactly. So we can't donate like thousands of dollars, but we'll do what we can. That's yep. kind of the premise of it is that we're just doing we're doing what we love for the sake of doing charity stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Uh, go tell friends. Tell somebody. Mm-hmm. It can be your wife, Gage. Uh, <laughs> it can be uh, just a friend at work who you've heard is interested in this one thing. Just say, hey, go listen to this one episode. Mm-hmm. And then tell them to comment. Let us know that you told them to listen to that episode. Once we have four of those, we will do a 12. 12- Every time I say 12-hour episode, I regret my decision more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the thing. Go tell a friend. Fucking the thing that Matt yep. says every week. Go tell a friend. Make us miserable. Mm-hmm. Let's go donate to charity. Please do, yes. Also, if you have ideas for like questions or ideas you want us to talk about on those 12 hours, we're oh, going to have a lot of time to fill. So if you've got just absolutely anything, hit us up. Literally anything. Yeah. If you just say, hey, what's your thought on couches? Mm-hmm. We can riff on that for about five minutes. Sure. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? Uh, <laughs> the Badgers. Probably. Probably. they got a really strong team. Is the Badgers a, football, uh, a no. baseball team? I don't know. The Badgers is a college team. team. Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah. Fucking Bucky. Anyway. Right. Uh, so that's the thing. Go do the thing. That's our specific call to action. Doing it early. All right. Make us miserable, guys. Please. And then help As make... If we didn't have enough misery in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> and then help make people at charity or people who get served charity get served charity. <laughs> How does charity work? <laughs> um, so, yeah. We'll figure that out. Yep. Uh, Matt, what have you been up to? Uh... Back to the episode. Variety of things. I watched a couple of movies this week. Actually, I watched three movies this week. Um, I went and saw Green Book because for some oh. reason it's still in theaters. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was better than I was expecting, actually. I was expecting uh, it was going to be fine. Like, Oh, really? Good. I, honestly, I'm expecting it. To be, like, I really want to go see it. Mm-hmm. I saw a clip. Of, I saw the fried chicken clip. Oh, yeah. Where he like, makes him go back and pick yeah, up the cup. That's a good it's clip. fucking great. Yeah. Um, it's kind of low tension sort of a just a feel-good movie almost mm-hmm. but it's got a little more depth than i was expecting because okay. um i mean y- you know it's gonna be a little bit of driving mahershala kind of let's get some racism themes in here mm-hmm. uh, it plays those off really interestingly i got against like some class themes because mahershala is this really sort of high class um he's got three doctorates and is um, speaks very articulately and uh, is interested in all sorts of things. And mm-hmm. Viggo Mortensen's character is just kind of a – he starts out working as a bouncer in a nightclub yeah. at the beginning of the movie. And so they play that dynamic off of it and bring in other characters into that, and it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of centers around some core themes that are interesting. And it's just it's just kind of a satisfying, fun watch. Good. Like, you know, this – this definitely isn't how the story really played out, but yeah. it's just, if you can ignore that for a second, turn off that cynical part of your brain, it's just, it's a satisfying yeah. buddy movie. You know what else Viggo Mortensen's been in that's a satisfying fun watch? What? The Road. That's a fun yeah, watch. Yeah, you know, that's just a really that's pleasant one. so much one. fun. You mm-hmm. just go in and you're like, oh, I'm smiling the whole time. Yeah. God, it's, it's such a... a depressing movie. Woof, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a, that's a load. Yeah. That's a load to watch. Yep. Such a good movie, though. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of good movies that are depressing, Black Klansman. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. I also saw that one this week. It's actually not, it would be really depressing, but it's also just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting i didn't peg that for being a funny movie it's it's really funny it's also gets really dark and really real in some places but there's just enough like absurdity um to it so it's the um story is this uh he's the first black cop in colorado springs and it's in uh i guess the 70s or so um and he picks up a newspaper and there's just an ad for people interested in the kkk uh, oh and he's 
Oh, man, those were good times when you could just put an ad to be in the KKK in the newspaper. It w- I mean, there's there's layers of secrecy. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. At this point, it has been forced underground. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he, he sees an ad for just, like, I don't know exactly. And he, he picks it up, he calls the number, um, and because he apparently sounds enough like a white guy on the phone, they call him back. <laughs> <laughs> and so he ends up it's this whole elaborately orchestrated plot where he infiltrates the kkk um and it's old move there's some really funny stuff just his initial conversation with the guy on the phone i was literally in tears because i'll have to find that on youtube <laughs> he's somewhere. just he's just the whole time he's the guy's like well okay so you're interested in the in the organization so can i ask you why and he's he just sits there and he's like well you know, it's just because I really hate, and he just lists every offensive racial. Oh name no! Can say. <laughs> it just goes on for like thirty seconds. Oh my god! Uh, and the number of times he says "God bless white America" in the oh. movie, it's it, it's just it's funny, but yeah. it's also dark. But it's also just kind of a fun, satisfying watch. Um, there's some really cathartic stuff. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, get one over on the bad guys. Yeah. But then also gets a little uncomfortably real in places. Okay. But yeah, yeah, very good movie. Um, definitely enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, and then I also saw Tag. Oh! Yeah. Was it good? It felt like a good movie dressed up as an average movie. Okay. I can totally see that being the case. Like, there's a lot of really good material at the core. It's sort I of a... just one hair right here on my face. On your on your face there? On my, on my lip. And it fucking dry... Because it's where I naturally rest my, like, kind of mm-hmm. listening hand. Mm-hmm. And it... it God, it's so annoying. Just pull it out. God, oh, that's going to hurt so much. I'm not yeah. doing that. <laughs> Come on. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, tag. It's, um... So it's the the movie, the comedy with uh, Ed Helms and John Hamm and Hannibal Burris and Jeremy Renner and yep. uh, the fifth guy. <laughs> I don't even remember who it is. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Jake Johnson. I didn't know his name. Yeah, um, Peter Parker from the weird, the the slobby Peter Parker from Spider Verse. The what? Oh, the oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they're the guys who've been playing a game of tag for since they were kids. Just one yep. long extended game of tag. Uh, so there's some really good stuff at its core, like uh, the the story and sort of the camaraderie, mm-hmm. and a lot of the a lot of the humor is executed really well. And there's, yeah. um I mean, they're funny people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Jeremy Renner is a funny fucking dude. He's yeah, he's kind of. The, and you got Hannibal Buress and uh, God. You said his name earlier. He played uh, the Nard Dog in Ed Helms. Ed Helms, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny. Mm-hmm. He's very he's funny. funny. Dude, John Hamm is surprisingly funny. Dude, John Hamm is hilarious. Yeah. Like, I – he is the exact I, – I I am so on board for a John Hamm, John Hamm Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, I am so on board for that because mm-hmm. his sense of humor would be perfect for it. Yeah. Where, like, he can he can make these, like, just kind of sly jokes without cracking a smile. Yeah. And that's exactly what Batman does. Very dry. Kind of bring it into DC because yep. it's fucking what I live in. It's of literally course. what – my blood is is dc mm-hmm. yeah um the problem is it kind of is a little unfocused it there's some interesting sort of deeper stuff that it touches on but it feels kind of hesitant to get into it uh-huh. which either pick one either don't go deep and just have it be a straight comedy or go full deep and give it like some actual emotional depth yeah but it kind of is awkwardly wavering in the middle um Enough of the jokes just kind of miss that, like, it. most of them hit. The majority hit. Yeah. And it's a very funny movie, but enough miss that you're kind of just wishing there was more consistency. Mm-hmm. I watched the movie clips uh, playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a lot of it. My wa- The waterboarding one is my favorite one. That one's great. With fucking, oh, what's his uh, name? Thomas Middleditch. Thomas Middleditch. I love him yeah i want him in i want him as a minor role in everything yeah because he's just little this little <laughs> sprinkle of amazingness in everything yeah uh it's so fucking funny the i think one of my favorite because i need to go see that movie i've seen 
I know the full plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Same thing like with Get Out. I watched all the movie clips of that. Right. I need to see. I still need to see. I I still got the shock of Get Out just by watching the movie clips. Mm-hmm. I still need to watch the full movies. Yes. But like, it's so funny to see the the wife way more into it than the rest. Oh, of Oh yeah. And it's she's just like, ah! and it's she's like fucking great. Jill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a good one to just kind of like put on and enjoy with a beer or something yeah. i think um yeah black Klansman and green book are a little more serious high-minded stuff yeah um i also read some comics oh this week what you what you what you written from whoa yes that. let's try this the 17th time no. what did you read <laughs> uh i finally finished hellboy in hell okay which i think was my favorite volume of hellboy heck boy in heck sir oh, i was gonna make that joke i forgot dang it <laughs> Uh yeah I, no I think it's I think it's my favorite of the the heck boy so far um <laughs> now it's fucking too late to make that joke you gotta save it for the actual Hellboy episode yeah I know okay anyway so it's uh I think it's my favorite because it's sort of the least focused because everything leading up to this point in the main story has been this is your destiny Hellboy this is your path you are this important almost mythological figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just him trying to fight his destiny, but he has to give in because there's forces beyond his control at play here in the world. And this one, he just kind of wanders around hell for 10 issues. Yeah. And it's it's dark and just sort of quiet, almost melancholy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you'd expect it to be hell. It's this big, grand, almost operatic, Faustian, yeah. massive stuff. But no, it's just it's mostly him wandering around empty streets and like occasionally he'll meet up with a strange character and do a little one-off story. Yeah. And it sort of builds to a point, but it's kind of a deliberately unsatisfying one hmm. where it's like hinting at sort of some cyclical stuff, but not oh, getting into it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, I love that sort of stuff. I love the, the, the whole time I've been reading Hellboy, the stuff I love the most is just little side things where there's yeah. no obvious grand conclusion to it, where it's just, him in this strange world with these strange characters yeah and this is just purely all that i just had an idea for like a really really long superhero thing Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that where it's all building up to this big it's your destiny it's like the world like the world lies on your shoulders and it's like it goes for like four years and then the final climactic battle is just like absolutely nothing (laughs) he like goes and he's like this is it this is the fucking it's either this or it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. shows up and it's just like a chair He's like, he just kind of kicks the chair over, and like, there's some indicator that that was it. Like, he's like, I won, fucking, <laughs> yeah. He just like kicks. I just that's a great. That's what's gonna be. He's just gonna kick the chair over. That's it. I gotta, I gotta make that work now. Mm-hmm. I will say though that the like actual final battle in the previous volume of mm-hmm. Hellboy is really satisfying. Okay, like it it brings it 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 focuses the story I back. I need to in borrow the... all your. I don't know how I haven't asked to borrow your. Yeah, like... I'm, I've been <laughs> kind of waiting for you to ask. <laughs> Why do you even have to ask? Just like say, hey, fucking read these, yeah. and I'll stick them in my stack. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, because it's it's six volumes counting the short stories, and I think the shortest volume is about 300 pages. So, yeah, that's pretty substantial. Yeah um yeah no so that was good uh and then after i finished that i started the bronze age swamp thing omnibus volume one yes that's the thing yeah uh, How's it? uh it's, it's actually quite good yeah um bronze age is when comics actually started getting good again yeah well this so house of secrets came out i think november 98 or 78 98, 98 no <laughs> that was not bronze age no <laughs> <laughs> um and so i my previous experience with comics from that era was i have the collection of frank miller's entire run on daredevil mm-hmm. and it starts with uh i think the end of the previous story or maybe like he came out in the middle of it and it's um daredevil has a like a four issue crossover with spider-man and Mm -hmm. so it's these crossover issues and it's from the same period like late 70s early 80s and it's just a mess of wackiness um and so i was expecting that this was just going to kind of be really wacky off the rails stuff yeah but uh i think part of the reason is that it's not is it's um this was more towards the darker side of DC. Yeah. Uh, it was Vertigo at some point. I know when Alan Moore took over, it was under Vertigo. Yeah. Um, and it may have been before then. I think, 
I think House of Mystery and House of Secrets were all under Vertigo. Okay. I would believe it because it's a lot darker. Like, they're very much, okay, we're just going to, this person's going to die and we'll talk about his throat being cut and, yeah, and bleeding Yeah, the, the out houses, here. I believe, were all under Vertigo. Because mm-hmm. that yeah. was also, like, that's, uh, yeah. Because that's where, like, a lot of the, the dark stuff was right. introduced. Uh, I think Madame Xanadu was uh, involved in that stuff. I believe it. Uh, yeah. A lot of that, like, a lot of the arcane... Um, Tim... Uh, Timothy fucking what's-his-name, the other, like, the magic... The most powerful magic guy, whatever, is involved in that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's all under vertigo i'm pretty certain mm-hmm. i'm gonna double check because i don't want to be a yeah. fucking idiot yeah. and leave things on the internet yeah um yeah no it's uh it's quite good so the original like house of secrets 92 is it's like a short little 10 page one-off story that's almost it almost reads like a parable um, interesting yeah and it's uh, it's different like it's not alec holland it's alex owens or something okay um it's just it's clearly just like I had this seed of idea for a character, and we'll put him in this little one-off thing and see if it works. And the seed of the character clearly works really well. Seed definitely is a plant. Mm. I'm playing that. Um, and so then they actually go and revamp his origin for Swamp Thing, Saga of the Swamp Thing number one. Yeah. Um, and then get into his whole story. And it's it, it's kind of comic booky, but it's it takes itself seriously enough, and it's got sort of this gothic horror feel almost there's yeah castles and werewolves and stuff mm-hmm. where it it really i think it gets immediately at the core that swamp thing is he's not a hero he's a monster yeah he's a monster that's just trying to be a good guy yeah and i think it immediately puts you in that headspace so okay. yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying it it's uh not as definitely not as good as the alan moore stuff i've already read but yeah. it's it, it's not a big step down yeah so yeah it looks like uh it was not under well uh man i don't fucking know i i i'm only skimming this because i was also trying to pay attention to you so i wasn't like reading in depth Mm -hmm. it seems that it wasn't under vertigo initially um but that doesn't really entirely make sense oh wait well it might it might be that vertigo didn't even start until later right yeah because when did do you know when vertigo started uh vertigo comics was created in 93 oh Oh. that's fucking recent dude that's that's like a um that's like a black label situation with this where like Uh so black label was introduced in 2018 Mm -hmm. but you have things like all-star bat or all-star superman um batman white knight all these things that were published before black label that were then reprinted under the black label okay um Batman Damned is the first actual printed under. So, like, Mm -hmm. things like Watchmen, V for Vendetta, those were pre-Vertigo. Those were well pre-Vertigo. Interesting. So those were reprinted under Vertigo, which is something that I didn't know about. I'm going to do more research on that tonight when I should be doing homework. Woo! (laughs) Because thing I didn't know, and now I know. Yeah, because this podcast is very good for us. Yeah. really helps us in our lives. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Nice. Fuck. You have done that every episode in a row for, like, the last five episodes. (laughs) All right. Figure out a new system with this. That's all I've been up to. What have you been up to? Uh, I finished up New Teen Titans, uh, which is uh, yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I read, uh, I believe, yeah. I haven't read very much lately. Uh, I started. I'm reading the um the uh Jeff Johns trilogy of Green Lantern, okay. which is Green Lantern Rebirth, which is how Jordan comes back. Uh, then the Sinestro Corps War, which is it war with Sinestro Corps, mm-hmm. uh, which is building up very heavily to Blackest Night. Okay. Uh, so I'm going back to read Blackest Night again. Uh, I'm not doing all the side fucking, all the tie-ins, the, uh, Tales of the Black, uh, Tales of the Core, mm-hmm. um, that all these other fucking things. I'm just going to read the Blackest Night storyline. Okay. Um, what else have I done? Uh homework oh the new episode of doom doom patrol is pretty still pretty fun okay um good thing about it is that it's still kind of fun it's just kind of like out there mm-hmm. uh it's the first one that actually has like out and out gore and it okay. just straight up it's people killing nazis which is great oh, yeah it's always fun um, good excuse for some gore and then uh oh it introduced uh animal uh vegetable animal mineral man 
Okay. <laughs> um, he is so in the comics, he's a dude that has half his face is human, half his face is a raptor. Uh, his right arm is basically broccoli, and his legs are like crystals. It's just fucking look him up, vegetable animal mineral man. Just look up a picture of him. Probably put it on Instagram, but if you're listening and you care, just fucking look it up. He's a ridiculous looking. I have several questions. Um, in the show, they made it not half face, half raptor. They just like gave him a second head that's a raptor. Uh, it's um, kind of a cop out. Oh my goodness, what is? It is vegetable, animal, mineral, man. Right? That's yes. The order. Uh, animal, vegetable, mineral. Damn it! It's ah. I, I never remember. This is a weird looking dude. He's a weird looking fucking dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very weird dude. Yeah, I don't who's uh who's who created him? Uh let's see. I feel like this is a dude on so many drugs. Let's see. Created by Arnold Drake, who's the writer and Bruno Premiani. Uh artist. look up who Arnold Drake is. He sounds familiar. Oops, what what are other of his no- notable works? Um, We're just doing research right now in front of you guys. It's <laughs> great. Uh Arnold Drake an American comic book writer and screenwriter best known for co-creating the DC Comics characters Dead Man and the Doom Patrol. Dead Man, okay. And the Marvel Comics characters The Guardians of the Galaxy, among others. So he likes tree-based things. I guess. And just really wacky shit. Yep. Yeah, th- that dude's on drugs. If he did The Guardians of the Galaxy, The Doom Patrol, Dead Man's a pretty tame one. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like a lot of his works was... A lot of his, his peak was kind of in the 60s, so... Gotcha. Yep, yeah. that... Dude, he was on so many drugs. All of them. So many drugs. Uh, but yeah, no, so they introduced him. Uh, bad thing about it is that it they don't do a good job of, like, attaching you to the characters very much. Like, they try to make you feel for these characters. But, like, they they did this thing at the end of this episode where it's like, look, they're all sad going through some emotional things right now. Mm-hmm. But they did it with all, like, five characters. And it's just like... I need I can't feel it for all of them all at the same time and also like you've only had 3 episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm not that attached. They yeah. kind of jumped the gun on the emotional cash in and it just it was like a solid minute of like the you know um you've seen Rick and Morty, right? I can't remember if you Yeah. Uh, I got you started on Rick and Morty. Oh, that's true. Uh the <laughs> fucking when he like tries to kill himself, like that kind of music. Uh-huh. It's like kind of a somber rockish music. Mm-hmm. That had that going and it did like a, a a fucking pan of all of them kind of like staring out the window and it was would have been fucking great if I cared about them yet. Yeah. But it spent a minute on that and I'm just like I don't care. Fast forward. Like I I felt the kind of like what the tone they did it well of like portraying what they want you to feel so i kind of felt it a little bit mm-hmm. but not from thinking about the characters it was just like from the the way that the shot and the way the music stuff like that so mm-hmm. um good film good like cinematography yeah poor pacing with the emotional connection yeah so you guys have work to do however still like more better more good episodes than titans ah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I believe that is all I've been up to. All right. News. News. Oh, one good news thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oscars. That was not like a, it wasn't saying like, good news. It was like, that's a good news. They actually happened. Yeah. With. Oh, with three kind of not hosts, (laughs) which I watched their thing, which was great. Yeah. It was funny. It was fun. Um, yeah. Oscars happened. Uh, Green Book won Best Picture, which is a big part of the reason why I actually went and saw it. Because I was like. Okay, if it's the best, I'd better go see it. Um, it was definitely not the best picture of last year, but in your opinion, no, you're not. A, you're a you're a white male, but you're not a rich white male. Mm. There you go. That's what the, that's what it is. Yeah, I think my reasoning was actually pretty sound because I picked Black Klansman. Yeah, and my reasoning was this is the Academy; they're trying really hard to appear woke and progressive, and so they're gonna pick something. Uh, Something something that makes them gives them that cred. Yeah. And I think Black Klansman would have been the risky choice there. And they have a history of going for the safer choices on that sort of thing. Yeah. And so Green Book is much more of a safe choice on that. Yeah. And it's... Because half the characters are white in that. Or the half the good characters are white in that one. Mm-hmm. That's why it was the safe one. Because they didn't want to accept the racists. And because it's very feel-good <laughs> and not terribly incisive. Yeah. And... 
Yeah. Um, which, I mean, and Green Book's a good movie. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, but I don't think it's better than Black Klansman or Roma or The Favorite or um, A Quiet Place or Mission Impossible or Into yeah. the Spider-Verse or all that stuff that didn't yeah. even get nominated. Um, yeah, so neither of us picked that. So on our picks, I went ahead and made up a scoring system real quick here. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Picture worth 10 points. The Actor Awards all worth 7 uh, best director, animated feature, and both of the screenplays all worth five. Uh, cinematography and best documentary worth three, and then original score and visual effects worth two. Everything else worth one. Okay. Um, on that scoring system, I won by a score of forty-three to twenty-three and a half. We'll you get to the half point in a little piece bit. Of shit. <laughs> on just raw picks, I won fourteen to seven. God damn it. Yep. Um. Also, so I in my defense, I completely fucking made up half the movies. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 you did. Um, so I was, I kind of forgot that they were starting, and then I like checked in maybe an hour into the ceremony, and at that point, I was six for six on my picks, and I was oh, like, "Wow, I'm gonna get all these right, and I'm gonna be famous." And then I proceeded to mix miss like three of the next four. Uh-huh. <laughs> but still, I feel like I did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. We both missed on best picture. Um, you actually missed all of the big ones, except... Good! Except, Good! Well, we both got Into the Spider-Verse right for animated feature. You know, fucking everyone knew that was gonna happen. Yep, everyone hoped. Um, you managed to nail both of the screenplay awards. Woo! Black Klansman for Adapted and Green Book for Original. Um, I don't think I had good reasons for either of those. No. I think I just bullshitted those. Yep. Um, after seeing Green Book, though, the screenplay is what made that movie. Mm -hmm. Like... The acting is really good, and the um, writing is really good, and the direction is kind of average, and the editing is really sloppy, but Mm -hmm. it's really well written and well acted, and that's that's a big part of it. So, in in retrospect, yeah, I think it deserves it. Okay. Um, Let's see. I picked picked right for Best Actor for Rami Malek, Mm -hmm. um, and I nailed Supporting Actress for Regina King. Um, and I picked Glenn Close for Best Actress, who was definitely the favorite, but I also said I th- I think Olivia Coleman should win this award, and she did win it. Okay. So I'm proud of myself even if I got it wrong. Uh, let's see. I also got Cinematography and Documentary right, and you got Documentary Short right with your one about menstruation. Oh, yeah. Period. Period. End of sentence. It turns out it is about menstruation. Okay. I, I, Checked. But I was I was talking about the finity. What's the fucking word? Finiteness, finality. I, I guess finality. Yeah. Finality of life. Mm-hmm. I like my premise better. Yeah. Because it's depressing. Right. I like depressing shit. Yeah. It's the stuff- same reason uh, Ash Wednesday. Ash, Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. uh, the way I said Lent is the dark Advent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I fucking love it. I love wearing just black suits and stuff. All for like a whole month. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep. And then being all happy for a day and then just going back to you know normal. Yep. And menstruation, that's a woman's issue. No one cares about <laughs> that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, we just lost all of our listeners. Uh, yeah. I'm going to apologize for that. I'm yeah. sorry. For <laughs> um, let's see. I randomly guessed the live action short, right? I'm not particularly proud of that. I did nail foreign language, though, with Roma, mm-hmm. which I which- figured... Andrew fell asleep while watching. I'm very disappointed in him, but he actually has a legitimate reason. That he's trying to cut down on caffeine. Yeah, and then he proceeded to fucking... Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's stupid. But, <laughs> no. Um, let's see. Uh, the sound mixing and sound editing and film editing all turned out to be Bohemian Rhapsody, which I realized I probably should have guessed because it's the music movie. And so yeah. there's going to be a lot of effort put into the sound and stuff. Yeah. But, oh well. Um, so we both missed on all three of those. Um, I was very right in my Black Panther's going to do well on some of the down-ballot stuff, so I nailed it for production design and original score and costume design. Kay. Called all three of those. Um, we both got Shallow for original song, which that Kay. was the obvious one. Yeah. I Not for me. <laughs> no, that was, I, had... I mean, that was the one you'd also heard of. That's the one from Star is Born. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I didn't actually. I've never okay. heard any of them. All right uh let's see i got makeup and hair right for vice and you got visual effects right with first man which i realize in retrospect was a good pick 
Now that yeah, you got but not it right. the reason I said. <laughs> the fucking wormhole scene didn't exist. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do think there's. I think you had some sound reasoning underneath. I'm giving you. I might be giving you too much credit. But You're I, definitely giving me too much credit. But I think that Hollywood does like its realistic space stuff. Yeah. Like, um, I think Gravity probably won all those awards. Well, no, I did do end up doing. Oh no, I said sound design for the mm. for First Man as mm-hmm. well. That was that actually had good reasoning behind it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me, Oscars are a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. They're fun. I like to I like to try to guess what they will be. Yeah. All right. What else happened? Uh, Punisher and Jessica Jones are officially canceled, quote-unquote. Oh, shocker. Well. What's the wording on the canceling? Same thing. Same thing. We'll no longer be showing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I can't understand why people are still freaking about this. Freaking out. It's like every single one has specifically been, these shows will no longer be airing on Netflix. It's like yep. fucking guys come on don't read. even have to read between the lines it's yeah it's i know so it's lines. not the fine print it's the print yeah <laughs> uh, idiots let's see uh the ceo of hbo is step- stepping down oh um and the word on the street is they're going to be changing their model a little bit from um a few high prestige shows to more of a volume content type thing oh yeah guys they had a good niche going efficiency uh, efficient no effectiveness over efficiency mm-hmm. come on yep although it's netflix is marketing doing, 101 netflix is doing well with their business model let's throw everything at the screen and some of it'll lick some of it'll lick some of it'll lick <laughs> tried to say stand no i tried to say land wow and I tried you to got say licked stick. from stand <laughs> no i tried to say land and i tried to say stick and i went with lick at least it didn't go sand some of it'll sand yep actually uh, no lick is worse Lick yeah. is worse than Lick sand. Lick is worse than sand. Imagine licking sand, though. Oh, Anakin's probably end up doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere hidden Christians and cowers in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we got some trailers. We got a Red Band Hellboy trailer. Oh, we did? Yep. Oh, shit. Um, I am increasingly less optimistic for this movie. Uh, it looks like the tone's a little all over the place. Oh, no. Which, admittedly, the tone is supposed to be kind of scattered from mm-hmm. the comics but i don't know it looks a little too high energy almost mm-hmm. um which i mean again i said my preferences with hellboy comics is when he's just kind of wandering around empty streets at night yeah and maybe runs into a ghost or something and they talk but hey casper how's it going pretty much pretty much <laughs> uh but i don't know i just it, it looks a little generic and they're adapting sort of the big climactic storyline, and so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm just a little worried. Uh, let's see. We got a new Godzilla trailer. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Oh fuck! I need I to did, go watch it. I didn't know that that had happened, and then it, uh, when I went to go see Green Book, it was one of the ones in front, and I was like, "Whoa, this is cool on a big screen." Oh man, <laughs> I need to go watch it. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I think so. I'm still very much on my, like, super high or super low for this movie, but right now I'm on a super high because seeing that trailer and, like, massive screen with the great sound, oh, felt good to see those monsters pounding around. Oh, man. Oh, you actually, like, see them, like, because you don't, you you got a little bit of a glimpse in the first one, but you didn't actually, like, see them fully fighting. Do you actually see them fight more? Uh, Not, it's, I mean, it's closer. Okay. It's closer to seeing them actual fighting, but you get like you get real Rodon and King Ghidorah, and it's, yeah, yeah, look, okay. looks fun. Looks like it's gonna be an absolutely balls to the walls, nuts, insane movie. But yeah, you know. who's doing the soundtrack for that? Do we know? I Anybody don't know? know actually. I'll look it up. You it, keep talking about trailers. Okay. Uh, we also got a second Dark Phoenix trailer, which oh yeah, I completely forgot good. the first one. Yeah, I forgot the first one happened. Yeah, but no, I've. I've I think I actually hadn't seen either of them. Okay. And I watched them both yeah, uh, like the other day. Okay. Yeah, no, it looks pretty good. I'm weirdly actually on board for this movie now. I I think it shouldn't happen still mm-hmm. because we've already fucking seen it. But, you know, I goddamn love Sophia. Mm, Sophie Turner? Sophie Turner. Yeah. yeah. Today's not my day for names. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sophie Turner. She's good. She's great. She's very good. You know what else she's been in lately? Game of Thrones? The Jonas Brothers uh, music video. Oh, that makes sense. Because she's engaged to Joe, yeah. and they're like getting together, and then the trailer. I lo- I love trailer the <laughs> the music video for the Jonas Brothers. I'm not a huge Jonas Brothers fan, but I love that it was like about girls, 
but the girls they used was two of their wives and one the other one's fiance. Like they're actually adults now and fucking married. <laughs> so they can sing about girls and it's not just uh, some actress. It's like the actual loves of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. No, but Dark Phoenix, like So after seeing the second My parents trailer, are home! Yay! They're home from a cruise. No, after seeing the, the the new Dark Phoenix trailer and reading some comments from um I think the director who he said very that this is supposed to be kind of feeling like an end to this whole massive X-Men thing, which makes sense given yeah, the studio awesome. situation yeah. and MCU they'll definitely want to yeah. revamp it somehow before they bring it in. Yep. But I think that's we've never seen a like a massive franchise like this come to a definitive end. Yeah. Like we've seen trilogies come to an end. We saw Dark Knight Rises end a trilogy and um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm weirdly kind of excited for this just to see what they do. Yeah. And it looks like they might be doing the story a little more justice than Last Stand did. Okay. Which is so something. I want to try this. Okay. If I ever look up something on IMDb, like a person who's doing something, I'm actually going to do I'm going to test you on your knowledge. Okay. And I'm going to list what else they've done. Okay. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, The Walking Dead, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Battlestar Galactica. He's got a pretty sick first name. Uh, oh, it's, 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 uh, it's what's-his-face. It's the, it's the <laughs> yeah, guy. It's that the guy. guy that's not John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane. I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I, I, there's I guess three, so. There's three people in Bear that movie. Bear McCreary. Oh, the music. Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's what you meant. Yeah. yeah. No, I know who Bear McCreary is. Okay. He wrote my favorite movie score of all time, Europa Report. Oh, did he? Yeah. It wasn't on as known for. Well, like, yeah. No, because that's a low-profile movie, but gotcha. that is a bomb score. Hans Zimmer ripped it off for Interstellar. Oh, nice. Yeah. What else has he done? Happy Death Day. I kind of want to see Happy Death Day. I, yeah, I want to see that. It looks fun. Have looks you seen fun. the first one? No. It looks... I mean, we all got it. You got it spoiled in the first 10 seconds of the, spoil, of the trailer yeah, for the second one. Yeah, that was one. a little annoying, but also... But it doesn't really matter. That's not one they will watch for the, like, mystery of it, really. I yeah. Think. I kind of um, want... Because it looks like a... It looks like just like a fucking, like, just crazy Deadpool kind of uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, not as, like, action-packed. It's just, like, there's this... It looks so funny because I feel like it's going to be – I don't know what the first one was like. I don't know why we just took this tangent. I don't know what the first one was like, but the tone of the second one it just seems a lot funnier. Like self-referential almost. Yeah, because yeah. she's just like – she's just going crazy. But she's like, fuck, I've been through this. So the whole <laughs> movie is just her like exasperated. The first time is like, oh, God, everything's a panic. And the second uh-huh. time around, she's just like, I've been through this. And she knows yeah. what she's doing. She like jumps out like – almost butt naked off an airplane because she yep. knows that she'll be alive it's great yeah it looks so much fun yep. so i think i want to go watch the first one eventually yep and then watch the second one i do i do love that the well we'll have to see it because it'll be for one of the years that we'll talk about best movies is it a best movie not necessarily but it's one it's on my list somewhere <laughs> for movies that i'll need to watch eventually okay um no i just i also love that the reference point for a time loop movie for you was edge of tomorrow and not groundhog day well so i was going based <laughs> on the death Okay. Well, he no, he did die in Groundhog Day. Yeah. That's what it, that that, yeah. that happened. Also, Memorial Day. Did you ever see that? No. It was like a fucking Nickelodeon version of it. Uh, it was so bad. I bet. This kid had a rock concert he was going to go to, <laughs> but he would always get knocked out because it couldn't kill the kid in a fucking Nickelodeon no. movie. It was so bad. Even when I was a kid, I was aware that it was terrible. Mm, Dude, we were that's... at 42 minutes and weird. <laughs> okay, good thing, because this is one of those ones where I just kind of read the Wikipedia page. Cool. <laughs> All right. Let's just so... talk about the bullshit, not like actually her story. But any other news? Uh, We got a poster for ari aster's next movie he's the guy who did hereditary that was his first movie and it was i didn't like it but i recognized that it was really well made and this guy's got a lot of talent so i'm excited to see what happens next it's called uh, midsomar um, (laughs) m-i-d-s-o-m-m-a-r um and it's showing that a weird picture (laughs) and it's uh it's apparently about a young couple that goes to one of those scandinavian countries and there's some ritualistic death or something okay sounds fun yep um bonkers all right yeah so i'm gonna um we're talking about captain marvel specifically carol danvers today yep uh, Carol Danvers. That, that movie comes out this week we gotta go to that dude we got it five days i know Ugh. yep and so i'm gonna do our usual thing when we have one of these that we have to do and read the wikipedia page yep well, let's just 
what okay so kind of just like skim through really quick don't don't get like too into it just right. like, kind of skim right. through me, like yeah let me just skim through what she's done and then mm-hmm. do your planned comedic asides mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you wanted me to do it out loud what <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so there's the whole deal with Fawcett Comics and <laughs> DC, and we've talked about that at great length. In a nutshell, <laughs> in a nutshell, it was a mess. Marvel got a hold of the name. Uh, they had to publish at least one title with the character every two years to retain the rights, and okay. so it's kind of just been a scatter shot. So, so what happens to the rights if they don't do that? Um, should have fucking researched. I that, probably should have. This is kind of. I'm just talking about why Marvel has the rights. Okay. Or, no, you talk about why Marvel has the rights. I talk about what they do once they have. Them. I'll research that for our 12 hour episode because yeah. fucking. Of we'll, course, I'm gonna start talking about. Yeah, that stuff. we'll talk about that and the Howard the Duck switcheroo and all yeah, that. Yeah, everything stuff. that we, we always, always talk, talk about, about all again. the time. Yeah. Uh, it's our go-to's. All right. So if we're gonna talk about Captain Marvel first, we got to talk about the Kree and the Skrulls, uh, which kind of the big like Kree! alien races. Scrolls. You're great. Yep. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> We're so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I was just like, great. Um, so the Kree are um, an alien race that first showed up actually about the same time as Captain Marvel. Uh, the original Captain Marvel. It's kind of all tied to that. Um, they should have showed up in Fantastic Four. It's kind of part of the whole cosmic scheme of things. Mm-hmm. These alien races that are fighting for balance of the galaxy. All that stuff. Yeah, usual. Uh, yeah. So they either look like blue or pink-skinned humans. There's kind of the common race, which is the pink-skinned ones, and then the, the nobility, which is the blue-skinned ones. Okay. Which we've actually seen. The villain from the first Guardians of the Galaxy, the Ronan the Accuser. Um, he's, a, he's a Kree fanatic, but mm-hmm. he actually kind of embodies the sort of the the Kree qualities that they're best known for. They're very militaristic and very imperialistic and um, sort of, it's a weird, almost secular religion because they worship the Supreme Intelligence, which is a collection of a bunch of Kree, great Kree thinkers from the past that eventually became sort of self-aware and self-contained and is now the ruler slash god emperor of the Kree. Okay. Because comics are weird. Yeah. Comics are really weird, man. And this is a really weird, like, subsection of comics. I'm going to, like, actually read part of the Wikipedia entry in a bit because it's just... Okay. I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, So there's that. They're also very technology-driven. Now, the Skrulls are actually an older race. They come from the... one of the various origins of the universe Mm -hmm. or something. Um they are shapeshifters that's kind of their whole deal yeah and they were originally started out as a very peaceful um trade-based race that was they'd they'd come upon a more primitive race and they'd help introduce them to more interesting forms of technology Mm -hmm. so they actually came upon the kree a long time in the past who were living on the planet hala which is the hala hala which is the the kree homeworld um so the kree lived there and the kotati lived there and they were um, the Kree were barbaric and the Kotati were more, um, if that was funnier, restrained. I would I come up with a very convoluted setup to making the punchline of a joke. I ain't no hollaback girl. No, you ain't, but I'm not funny. So no, you're not. So it was just move, me telling you the punchline right to a joke that doesn't exist. Yep. That's how comedy works. Yep. Yay. I should be a stand up comedian. Exactly. I should try out for SNL. You should be a sit down comedian. Cause be you a... need to sit down and shut your mouth. Oh, boom. Got him. Anyway, so the Skrulls came upon Planet Hala, and they gave the Kree and the Kotati um, technology. And at one point, they ended up uh, giving sort of some technological base tools to um, both the Kree and the Kotati, and gave them each an uninhabited moon to build something. And the Kotati built a really nice garden, and the Kree built a magnificent city. And the Kree realized that the garden is cooler because the scrolls are very peaceful and they like this nice peaceful garden. Mm-hmm. And so they wipe out the Kotati. Oh, and good. then they wipe out the scrolls that we're supposed to be judging. And then they capture all the scroll technology that was on their spaceship. And by the time the like scroll main people get there, they have reached technological equivalence and start the massive Kree scroll war, which is sort of just the backdrop to Marvel cosmic stuff. 
It's okay. always going on. They're always fighting. It's kind of the Thanagarian run, ran, uh, ran, ran, ran. I think it's ran. Mm-hmm. The ran Thanagar war, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know what that is. No idea. Okay, yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of a similar thing. It's always happening. The ran Thanagarian mm-hmm. war yeah. is always going on in DC. Yep. Yeah. So the scrolls showed up, saw that all of a sudden the Kree were a massive threat, and became much more warlike and violent and militaristic. Okay. Because they're the scrolls. They can't be peaceful people they, yeah listen their name is basically skulls they got to be the bad guys yeah yeah it's like how sinestro was a good guy for a while and nobody saw it coming and then yeah. he became a bad guy <laughs> oh no as if we couldn't have predicted that one yeah yep uh so the or first... like you know we should fucking make a make a thing that evolutionarily like can survive any anything and call him doomsday nothing will come bad from that no it's a great idea <laughs> except that's that he wasn't named doomsday by no. the kryptonians <laughs> they're not that dumb they're not you know i mean they're pretty they, dumb they only let their planet explode yeah <laughs> well the scientists were like hey look fucker no stop and the politicians were like no i get paid money wow that sounds familiar <laughs> Oof. Yep. Anyway, uh, so the first actual Captain Marvel is a Cree captain named Marvel because ah. Mar hyphen Vel because all Cree names are like first name hyphen last name. Oh, good. Yep. What does that sound like? Kryptonians. Oh yeah. Hey, Vel, look. L. Space people. Yeah. Wow. They Shocker. ripped it right off. Marvel copied off of DC? There's also what? there's also definitely a Cree named DC. <laughs> God damn it. They don't yeah. even care at that point. <laughs> no, it's like explicitly a reference, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, so he was sent to Earth in disguise to monitor their space program cuz this um so this was in 1967, uh the comics uh, were in. And okay. so this is at the height of the the space race and so of course he's sent to Earth cuz that's what's going on. This is Sort of ties in with the original, um, like the, the original cosmic stuff in Marvel. So Fantastic uh-huh. Four come out around this era. Chris uh, Cole stuff and now Captain Marvel. Yep. Uh, so he's just kind of watching, and then eventually the Kree do too many bad guy things for him, and so he joins forces with Earth. Okay. Becomes a superhero. Good. Um, and then he gets revamped a couple of times. Uh, he at one point becomes revamped to basically be a Shazam ripoff where he's trapped in the negative zone, but there's a earth guy who can exchange atoms with him and transform into him. Mm-hmm. Cause having a normal human that can transform into a superhero in the blink of an eye. That's also named captain Marvel. That's very original concept there, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so eventually they got sick of that, killed him off of cancer in 1982 because that's when they realized that comics could actually be serious and dark and deal with themes like mortality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they brought in Monica Rambo because they realized that Monica Rambo is a cool comics character name. And yeah. Because all of a sudden maybe inclusivity is a reasonable thing, and so they want to have a black lady be Captain Marvel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that who the uh, air the wingman girl is yeah so she's actually gonna be in the movie okay um she in the comics i believe was a cop from new orleans who can transform into energy good because comics are weird (laughs) (laughs) uh you know how weird comics are we should okay i have an idea for an episode Mm -hmm. the weirdest things we can find that happen in like i'll find like dc Uh and then we actually have to read them we have to actually go find them and read them. Oh my goodness, yes. So like you can yes, look yes, up yes. like what's the weirdest thing that happened and then you can like well so we get like each get like two or three and we mm-hmm. gotta go find them and read them and then talk about them. Alright. Fucking do it. I like it. Um speaking of comics being weird, the I'm I'm now quoting straight from Wikipedia. The third Captain Marvel is Jenis Vell, who first appeared in Silver Surfer Annual number six, nineteen ninety three, using mm-hmm. the codename of Legacy. Character is the genetically engineered son of Marvel and his lover Elysius, created from the late Marvel's cell samples and artificially aged to physical, if not emotional, maturity. Genis, like his father, wears the Nega bands, possesses cosmic awareness, and is for a time bonded with Rick Jones. Although the pair do not get along at first, they eventually become good friends. Genis goes insane and threatens to destroy the universe. After dying and resurrecting himself with the secret aid of Baron Helmut Zemo, Genis Vell joins the Thunderbolts under the name Photon. 
However, in accelerating his resurrection, Zemo links Genesis to the ends of time, causing a degenerative effect on the universe. To prevent the inevitable destruction of all existence, Zemo scatters pieces of Genesis's body through time and the Dark Force dimension. God damn it. Aren't comics the best? God damn it. (laughs) God. Like, that's worse than the fucking, like... Doomsday sent, or not Doomsday, Darkseid sent Batman, Batman back through time so that every time he'd flip through time, grew uh, Omega energy so that when he finally made it to the end of time, it would fucking destroy the universe because that's what Doomsday wants. Mm-hmm. Doomsday wants to control the world. doesn't yeah. want to destroy the universe. Or just, he wants to control the universe. That's what the anti, anti-life equation is. Mm-hmm. Doomsday? I've said, I, repli- I re- fixed the dark side. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I corrected myself. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. Genesis oh, felt. That is ridiculous. He was weird, and also there's definitely some extreme '90s things in there. The dark force dimension, the inevitable destruction of all existence. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff like that because it's the '90s. You can't just have normal comics anymore. Yeah. No one wants that. Um. So then in 2004 they introduced Philavel. It was Genesis little sister. She's got energy powers again. So that's huh. kind of a theme they've been circling. Yeah. Um, and then, um, is that like G in K H N apostrophe N R? So when, okay. When was, when was 2007? Uh, okay. So they were definitely way after Gnort and, uh, and mm-hmm. do you know who those are? Uh, one of them's the squirrel. They're both green lanterns. Okay. So yeah, they they're the, yep. Yep. Gnort, uh, I think Gnort is, I don't think, Gn- I know Chip is a squirrel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Gnort is an animal, but yeah, no, just making only consonants with apostrophes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Chip would have been, Chip I think maybe was a little later. I'm going to research that while you keep talking. Okay. Uh, so Knur actually has an interesting backstory. He was a Skrull sleeper agent. Oh, 1982. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Knurr was a Skrull sleeper agent, so he's transformed into the form of Marvel and like actually bonded with some of Marvel's DNA. And then when they tried to mentally condition him, it messed up, and so he accidentally just acquired Marvel's mind, and so now he's Captain Marvel, even though he's deep down a Skrull, but yeah. he doesn't know it anymore. Yep, um, that's how comics work. Yep, exactly. Uh, and so then they got bored of that and brought Carol Danvers to the fore. Yay! Yeah. So Carol Danvers has been around since 1977. No, she's been around. She was around before then, but she became Ms. Marvel in 1977 mm-hmm. when there was an explosion that fused her DNA with Marvels. Okay. Which is not uh, as comic book. It's not the worst comic. Yeah. yeah. Um. So again, she's got kind of a lot of energy powers. Um. Sort of. I mean, like the classic super strength, stamina, all that. But then. Uh, can sort of control and redirect and draw upon energy, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess gives her a leg up on some of those classic superhero archetypes. Yep. Um, she was usually kind of a minor character, uh, although when she was around, she was often sort of a focal point for feminist imagery and iconography. Mm-hmm. Um, not always. There's some just really weird stuff in her backstory and she was it was the 70s she was still kind of weakly written but the the ms marvel name that was sort of a feminist trope at the time yep the the whole ms thing yeah um and a lot of her just sort of the the rhetoric around her was yeah this is an independent female character yeah so i think that kind of backstory is one of the reasons at least that marvel is making it the their first female-led superhero movie now okay um, for one thing, now that she's become the modern iteration of actual Captain Marvel, who's one of the highest profile characters. Yes. That makes sense. They got name recognition. And then also she's got sort of this deep history and all these ties to it. Yeah. Uh, so she was mostly just a fairly minor character up until the, um, mid aughts. And then she became fairly relevant in civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, and very relevant for civil war too. She's actually on the cover. Okay uh and dope but that's it like after she becomes captain Marvel. yeah civil war 2 came out after civil war didn't it i think so i i'm wondering how much of that was because it was before civil war they announced captain marvel movie 
Mm-hmm. And so they were amping her up in the comics to get the comic readers on board with her so that they could because you know that shit happens all the time. Oh yeah, Very it's the same reason Shazam got a uh, like the actual Captain Marvel got mm-hmm. a new run right after Shazam was announced. Yeah. Um. So I'm wondering if that was part of that taking like a big crossover Mm -hmm. and putting her face front on it Mm -hmm. so that you know yeah comic book nerds are cool with it yeah and then i think she's also just a a a useful character if you need a female character to headline stuff yeah because she is high profile and pretty cool yep um and then she officially became the actual captain marvel in 2012 oh so recent yeah it's uh very recent um, I think they just got sick of bouncing it around all these different ones just to retain the license. And they're like, you know what? Let's do something right. <laughs> it's 2012. We need a Marvel doing something right. <laughs> I know. Right. God damn it. They're like, yeah, no, we need a female superhero. And so, okay, let's take this Ms. Marvel and we'll make her the actual captain Marvel. Yeah. And so that's cool. And I think that is, she's always kind of had associations with the like space program and stuff because she was a, um, she knew the original Marvel back when he was just the Cree yeah. sleeper agent, but um, the so the writer of the the new run, Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, she's talked about doing sort of uh, superhero meets Chuck Yeager, who's the first guy to break the sound barrier. Okay. Um, so getting into that sort of spirit of adventure and flying very fast spaceships. Flast. Flast. Flasted spaceships. I know what I said. uh no but i I think that just introduces a a new fun element to the backstory because it's not like we've ever had a character who's famous for being a test pilot before Mm. with cosmic energy powers very loosely speaking it's like someone who's never read a comic loosely speaking (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i was literally thinking about like it's the thing about Hal is that he was a very cocky, is very cocky, was a very cocky uh, test pilot. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'm the bravest one ever. Like, he's the, kind of the whole thing is that, like, uh, um, Carol Ferris, who was, you know, mm-hmm. Blake Lively, um, mm-hmm. uh, she was, you know, the boss's daughter. Right. And, and she was, like, super gorgeous and, like, awesome and stuff. And everyone was terrified to talk to her. But he was the only one who had, like, the brass to go talk to her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That level of, like, cocky. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what makes him, like, butt heads with Batman. Is like, he's, he didn't buy any of Batman's yeah. shit kind of stuff. I don't think they're going to do that with Carol Danvers. I think it's going to be a test pilot and, like, solely stick to the courage mm-hmm. rather than, like, the the arrogance of it. I feel like a test yeah. pilot is kind of got to be arrogant. A little bit. Because you got to be confident to... Like to, to the extreme, to a this little really more risky. than necessary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Live on the edge of danger. The Tom Cruise and Top Gun type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and I imagine they'll play into that a little bit. They're gonna have some fun with the character, but yeah. it seems just from the marketing that they're kind of leading into, almost playing a little safe with like, yeah, this is our confident lead woman character. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a good argument for that. They don't want to mess this up with their. They've been hyping this up for years as the first female-led MCU movie. Yeah. And so I think they, they're they not willing to take that much of a risk with it. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, this is a this is a good character to do it with, then. She's she's popular. She's interesting. Uh, she's got a rich backstory. Yeah. Um, do you think it'll hold up to the Wonder Woman legacy? I don't think it. I, I think it's really hard to live up to the Wonder Woman. Like, because Wonder yeah. Woman was one of the big ones that came from the Golden Age. Yeah. Wonder Woman's just iconic. Yeah. And and Marvel doesn't really have an equivalent character. Nope. So <laughs> <laughs> they do not. Uh, they've tried. Yeah. I'm sure they've got multiple. I'm sure oh, they yeah. have an Amazonian woman who's Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> um No, but like this is this is as good a play as any as they have if yeah. they want a, a female superhero that's as close to a sure thing as they can get. And at this point they got their, their movie making formula down to a science. They're gonna make a pretty good movie at, at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I am excited for is introducing this to the new side of the universe with the Kree and the Skrulls, yeah. which we've just barely touched on before. Yeah. Like, we've met a couple of Kree. Yeah. So, expanding into all this cosmic stuff and all this weirdness with, uh, like, genetic experimentation and things like that, It's it, it, there's also a lot of useful backstory that that character, I think, will inject into the MCU. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited to see that. Um. I'm also I've I've brought this theory forth a couple times, but I'll just go ahead and do it again. 
Uh, I definitely think there's something else going on beneath the surface because they've been marketing this really close to the chest. Yeah. Mostly just like quick action shots. We don't know anything about the plot, really. Mm -hmm. I am guessing that either our main Captain Marvel is like secretly a Skrull or -hmm. there's something else in her backstory that we just don't know. Yeah. But... I'm guessing that they're they're going to play with all these kind of tangled alliances and who's the actual good guys and who's the actual bad guys here. And it's going to be a little messier than they're trying to present it as. Yep. Which is fun. Yeah. No, I'm kind of – I like one of the movie not knowing a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. All right. Yep. So. Shoust me? We shoust. Thanks, everyone, for listening to me read the Wikipedia page on Captain Marvel, specifically talking about Carol Danvers and also Janice Bell and – the Dark Force Dimension. And, and whatever. Grr, grr. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. Next week we are talking, actually. Uh, yes. First I should do the other thing where uh, you can find our podcast on oh, SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Justice Losers Pod and Instagram also at Justice Losers Pod. We have a Gmail, JusticeLosersPod at gmail.com. If you want to get in a Captain Marvel theory preemptively before it comes out, we're seeing it Thursday, so you got a couple days to do that. Um, next week, as we mentioned, we're doing Image Comics. So if you've got particular Image Comics or ideas just generally about the history. This is your second try. This is your second try. You respond to the first one. Yeah. Cancel that episode because that's what we did. That's what happened. Yep, that's we exactly what happened. We the entire episode and then realized <laughs> it was completely gone. Yep. It's infuriating, but we're going to try again. We're going to talk about Image. We're excited to talk about Image Comics, and we want you to be excited. And so if you got something you got to say about Image Comics, you say it on our Facebook or our Twitter or our Instagram, I guess. I don't – is that really a platform where people say things? I don't know. I'm, a, I'm so out of touch with the social media. Yeah. Send it to our Snapchat. We don't have a Snapchat. Um, send it to our Gmail. If, we should make a Snapchat. Definitely. It's a lot easier than Instagram because yeah. people like, go through the effort of – Take a picture and there it is. Yep. Great. Yeah. Um. I think I've said all the things I'm supposed to say. So, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.